sit and join the shade. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Drink the drink that I have made. Hey, brother, pour the wine. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Drink in the Style, brought to you by Habitation Design and the District of Dinah. I'm your host, Gregory Rich. I'm going to help you kill your early afternoon, mid-morning, or possibly late night with some booze and conversation. Tonight's theme, furniture, unsurprisingly, but a unique twist on furniture. Specifically, we're joined by no one other than Justin Hossel from Hossel Woodworks, a Minneapolis-based furniture manufacturing artisan. Yes. Justin Welcome to the program. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I'm excited. You know, we met back at the Edina Art Fair, That's I right. think. That's right. And you were showing some of your fabulous furniture. And uh, obviously, we kind of connected. And since then, we've been talking about uh, how to get you wider distribution on your crafts. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm very excited. Yeah, indeed. Indeed. And we'll talk a little bit about the line and, and, uh, and uh, what people should be looking for. Perfect. Wonderful. We also have a special guest star. This is 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 where you your face, Maria, would be in like a little heart on the love boat coming through. <laughs> special guest star, Maria Conway from Caldwell Banker Realty, and also the Eden Prairie Liquor Store, where you put in some time. Correct. Yes. Yes. And you are uh, going to be our guest coctologist, which I am so excited about. So, Maria, what, what are you going to be making? I am going to be making an old-fashioned using Buffalo Trace. And everyone loves Buffalo Trace. It is such a hot spirit right now. Um, and it's so good. We did, of course, start out with our traditional pre-show shots. Yes, we did. And they went down a lot nicer this time than usually with whatever the swill I have sitting in my desk is. But it's going to be absolutely fabulous. And we're going to talk a little bit about Coldwell Banker and your practice within the uh, real estate world. But uh, pending that, why don't you get us started on uh, the cocktail that you'll be making? All right. I am going to be making a old-fashioned, an old-fashioned with uh, Buffalo Trace bourbon mm-hmm. and I'm using a special ingredient which is um, oh my goodness um, simple syrup made with orange blossom essence fabulous yeah. orange blossom now is this uh, something that you picked up that you've infused yourself did you gather up orange blossoms well it's coming from my heritage because I am Lebanese and um, so it's I make baklava and I figured um that was the ingredient that I put in my baklava, and um, I, I thought that that would be a nice ingredient to showcase. Fabulous. Well, I'm excited about it. Yeah. We were talking a little bit about baklava first. If there's by any chance, Kim Vale from uh, Williamsville South High School uh, is <laughs> listening to this. She and I made baklava once, and uh, Kim, give me a call. All right. Um, <laughs> luckily, my wife doesn't listen to the show, so I can yeah. get away with this. Okay. So uh, get us started and walk us through your particular combination. All right. Well, we are going to start with two ounces of Buffalo Trace. Okay. And Buffalo Trace, my God, it is, as I said, so very popular because it is such a good spirit. Gosh, thank you for choosing that. And then we're going to be using a quarter ounce of um, simple syrup made with the orange blossom essence. 
Fabulous. And folks, if you remember, just make your own simple syrup. It's so easy. No preservatives. And uh, if you need a direction on it, it was in the cocktail compendium, which is being reissued, actually, for 2023. I'll keep you folks informed. And then we're going to do um, two dashes of Angostura bitters. Fantastic. It's kind of weird. I don't know how Angostura became like the default bitters in the world, but it really is. It is. Right? Yeah, Are right. We, uh, now, maybe you know, what, what's, what's with the label? Why is the label... Right? I can I, tell you why the label is the way it is, because... Um, it was a father that owned the company. I, I don't know, like, all the names or anything like that. And then he was handing it over to his children. When he um, gave them the business, the one was in charge of ordering the labels, and the other was in charge of ordering the bottles. And they made a mistake. You're kidding. And that really? was how they're, that created huh. their signature <laughs> brand. Amazing. <laughs> See, once again, drink in the style. Educational. I mean, we are, I like to say, the PBS of podcasting. Yeah. Okay, and then it. we do a zest of um, orange over the top, and then rim the glass. Fabulous. And we add um, ice. Oops, so I'm just going to use this glass here. Okay. There we go. Stir it up about ten times or so. Get it going. Ten revolutions. And you're mixing right in the glass rather than in a yari or what have you, which makes sense. Unless, again, you're doing multiples, but that's perfect. All right, and is that it? That's it. Wonderful. Let's give these a try. Johnson will be back. We're flying solo tonight, folks, without Johnson. Uh, emergency situation at AM 950. Complete power outage. And my God, what will we do without Matt McNeil and everybody talking in an hour? <laughs> All right, let's give this a try. See how it is. Maria, you make a fantastic cocktail. Thank you. Oh, that's delicious. Absolutely delicious. I'll take that orange blossom simple syrup home with me. Really? Oh, you guess? Absolutely. (laughs) I can send you the recipe, too. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Perfect. All right, fantastic. So we have our cocktails in hand. Mm. We are prepared to uh, have a great conversation. So let's begin, Justin. We're going to start with you. Um... What's your background? How did you get into this, and what did you do before you did it? What's my background? Well, I really fell into this. Uh, it sounds cliche, but it really is true. I, my background, my degree is actually in theater performance. Uh, I trained to be an actor. Wow. Okay. Uh, halfway through school, I became disillusioned by that lifestyle and thought, well, let's do something more reasonable. I'll be a stage manager for theater. Fair. So I spent a lot of time working with the Guthrie Theater here in the Twin Cities, uh, 12 years there as a stage manager. Um, of course, those who don't know, a stage manager has nothing to do with pounding nails or cutting <laughs> I, wood or anything like that. It's true. Like I that. have no idea. Nothing to do with that. It's all organizational. It's all facilitation. Uh, and my wife and I bought a house and I picked up a few job site tools because I figured I could tinker. And for whatever reason, one day I said, you know, I could build a coffee table for ourselves. I bet I could do it. So I found a YouTube video, and I'd always liked mid-century style. Followed the YouTube video, made a terrible coffee table. <laughs> terrible. Cocktails kept sliding it off the worked. end. It worked. You know, I thought I can do edge banding. I can make drawers. And it was, it was bad. Mm. It was in our house for a lot of years. But uh, I really loved the process. 
So flash forward a little while, and I was uh, stage managing at the Guthrie, and my assistant next to me was shopping for coffee tables. And I said, what are you doing? <laughs> I got he a said, great I need to buy a coffee table. table. I, I said, I'll build you one. It, it'll be, it's no big deal. And he's like, well, I'll pay you for it. And because I'm an organizer and a facilitator, I said, sure, you can pay me for it if you really want to. And I'm like, well, I need a brand. I need to, I'll need to make a brand for myself, and I'll need to do this. And uh, so that snowball started rolling. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are today, and it's still just rolling along. I started making furniture, and a few years into that, said, enough with theater. I'm doing this full time. Now I have a 2,000-square-foot studio mm-hmm. and uh, a collection of pieces. That's fantastic. I mean, it's weird how life goes, isn't it? I mean, you never know what path is going to unfurl. It's, it's very bizarre. It's, I still walk into the studio in the morning and think... Wait, what am I doing? I make, I'm, and I make a living doing this? Do you immediately go, to build yeah. or not to build? <laughs> some days, and some days it's not to build. <laughs> what, I'm curious, what type of acting did you foresee? I have no idea. I thought I was, I mean, as, as a child, I was into the theater and acted, and I thought, oh, I'll make it to Broadway someday. Mm-hmm. I had a very honest and very wonderful acting professor in college who was blunt with people and okay. i think the first day of acting one he said if one of you makes a living out of this it'll be a surprise <laughs> and i mean as as awful as that is he's absolutely right and it's some of the probably the best thing i've ever heard and uh, probably the most useful piece of advice that is fantastic i mean and, that is a hard truth oh, of terrible. it and bef- yeah. you know i actually I, I was originally hoping to uh teach college history and I was in grad school um, pursuing a, a, a graduate degree in early modern European and classical history. Mm. And my uh, advisor, Albie Michaels, was this, this fellow's name. And he said, uh, okay, Greg, you realize that you're going to work for the next three to four years to get your Ph.D. And the associate professor's starting salary is $14,500. Are you sure you've thought this out? Mm. And I said, Albie, no, I hadn't thought this out. Thank you very much. I'm out of here. Oh, yeah. um, which, you know, again, brought me into this. So yeah. what can be done? All right, so your furniture. How do you dis- – oh, first, you know what we're going to do? We should direct people to the website. Yes. If they are at home, take a quick look so you can have visuals. What is yes. the website? It's hosslewoodworks.com, and that's H-O-S-S, as in Sam, L-E, Woodworks. Hosslewoodworks.com. Fantastic. So you can take a look. Your entire product yeah, line on there, correct? Yep. Everything's on there. All the furniture and all the home goods. Just not the new exciting things I'm uh, uh, tinkering with. Those are still to come. All right. I'm excited about hearing about those. We'll have you back on maybe mm. and talk about that. But for those who can't get uh, uh, to their site or the site right now, talk about the style. So my furniture is almost exclusively made of a plywood product. Now, it's not the plywood you'd see at Home Depot, <laughs> though ironically it is sourced through Home Depot, just kind of in a roundabout way. Um, it's a Baltic birch plywood, so it's 13 layers of Baltic birch. So that's solid birch okay. from the Baltic region, which right now is difficult to acquire because of you know certain sociopolitical issues in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a Baltic birch plywood, 13 layers, and then it's got a walnut veneer. I also do it in a maple veneer. Okay. So it gives a very uh, mid-century style to it. Think of Charles and Ray Eames and their plywood chairs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got that type of look to it. Um, it's all got a very matte finish. 
And most of it does have a mid-century or kind of a modern minimalist style to it. I would say. I mean, I think that is a good description of it. And again, it's it's a matter. I mean, the wood is primarily bent, correct? Scored uh, in a couple and bent? pieces. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah, and the entry table and the end table have the bends in them. Okay. Fair enough. And yeah, um, yeah it's definitely <laughs> again one of my anecdotal side steps is I wish I had known you like ten years ago. I used to have a uh, an old wooden boat. That uh, was like a, a 14 foot 1952 uh, Larson roundabout. Okay. And the keel had largely rotted out on the top. And uh, I had to, to redo it, and I had no idea how to bend the wood. Oh, sure. So, my solution I threw plywood into my hot tub for about a week and a half, and then I went in and did it. Sounds what do you think? Like it, sounds like it would do it. It yeah. did. Not the method I would use, but you know. <laughs> Very few people do. It was kind of unique yeah. to me. I'm self-taught. You were self-taught. It all, it all works out. I think your education was a lot more effective than mine. Yeah. <laughs> it's a debatable fact. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, okay, fabulous. So let's talk about, so, so we've got a visual of the pieces. Mm-hmm. And, again, we're talking coffee tables. We're talking end tables, chairs. I haven't gotten into chairs yet. It's always something I've wanted to do. So coffee tables, end tables. I've got some consoles, uh, shelves. Shelving units. Uh, trying to think. I've got a bench in the collection. Kind of a, pretty much everything except the chair. Okay. I'm working right now on a dining table and then a selection of home goods as well. Oh, fabulous. So smaller vases, things yeah. along those uh, lines. Decorative sculptural pieces, um, a collection of different birds, uh, lovely tray, uh, cribbage boards. Oh, that's uh, right. Were you supposed stands. to get, bring me a cribbage board? I was, and there's a reason I didn't. I made a minor tweak that makes them even more beautiful. Oh, fabulous. That's, uh, that's for the listeners there. It's even more beautiful now when you order. Uh, but they're just, they're just being waxed today, so uh, it'll be ready in a week. No worries. I'm a patient man, no and I don't remember how to play cribbage. So. <laughs> I didn't ever learn. <laughs> really? No, but you know. make the tables? Well, or I make the, the, the boards. boards? Yeah, I learned, on, learned online how to make the boards and then said... <laughs> You know, I sold them for a while, and I'm like, if I'm wrong, someone's going to eventually tell me. (laughs) I did just add the the skunk line, which will, to those who play, I've learned now it's after night. If you beat someone by, what, 30 points, you've skunked them. So I've added the skunk line in the new edition. So... Okay. Those Fair. of you who've been holding out, now you know. Now is the no time. Excuse. Well, yeah, we'll have, uh, we'll bring, uh, we'll definitely have those in. We're going to set those yeah. up in the lounge, or one of those up in the yeah, lounge. Absolutely. We should do some kind of like cribbage tournament or there we something. Go. There we go. World championship. Agreed. Yeah, <laughs> cribbage is cribbage is kind of tough. It's uh, it's a lot like pool. When I'm playing cribbage, I'm drinking. And when you're drinking, nothing stays. So every time you sit down, I need a refresher, or at least I did back in the day. So, yeah, that's a great piece. What about your philosophy in furniture? My philosophy. So in in some ways, you know, I've made it up as I went along what my Mm -hmm. philosophy was. I started, as I said, I'm self-taught. So with that first coffee table I made, it was how to make it simply Mm -hmm. and straightforward. And... That took hold with me. Just, I've always been very minimalist in my decor style in my life. I'm, you know, anal retentive to an nth degree, mm-hmm. and so the simplicity, the organization of it, has always really attracted me. And um, so I, 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 I build my pieces. I don't use fancy joinery. I'm not using dovetails for, you know, shelf 
the different levels of the shelves. It, it's not important to me. The simplicity and the beauty is more important to me. So uh, one thing I like to do is show the edges of the plywood, the 13 mm-hmm. layers. It's yes. this beautiful striped effect. Agreed. And to show where the screw holes are with contrasting plugs. There was an old thing in theater that we would say, a big scene change that looked horrible. We'd say, well, we can't get around it. If you can't hide it, you feature it. So now you feature the scene change and make it something. Brilliant. So instead of hiding how I build the furniture, I feature how I build it. And so when you see a piece of mine, you see where everything it's uh, yeah, which I think is brilliant because you know what that tells a story to a great extent, yeah. right? And I and I'm really just trying to strip out anything that doesn't need to be there. Mm-hmm. I just want it to be as simple and clean as possible. I use my well. I still sometimes use the tagline of simple, clean, modern. Yeah, and that's really which, what it is. Which is a great tagline because it's it's descriptive, it's accurate, and it's concise. Three things that I've there never been accused of being. <laughs> <laughs> Maria, what about you? Are you a fan of, of mid-century furnishings? Are you seeing a lot in the real estate industry that is... Yeah, I am. Uh, yeah, it's... It is... It, it always seems to be something that seems to be quite popular now. Mm-hmm. It's... You know what? I mean, mid-century was, you know insanely hot for a very long time and then that was kind of like you know the trend if you will mm-hmm. and trends come and go of course but the consistency of the mid-century look the beauty of the entire concept makes it well timeless i think as you've said in the past right i, I think it is yeah and i mean there are certainly people who say i like well my father-in-law who you know will help me sand things from time to time he'll say oh, it's fine but you know this stuff wouldn't fit in my home they like a more traditional look and that's Great. Mm-hmm. But there is a timeless quality to mid-century that just kind of – well, I think that's maybe why it's mid-century modern. You know, It's also modern, and it's always going to be mm-hmm. modern in some ways. Yeah, I would, yeah, you're exactly right. It's weird. And you're right. Timelessness and modernity generally isn't considered compatible, but in fact it is because mm-hmm. the per- pieces that you're making are, are impactful and appeal to a certain level of – of everyone's soul. Does that seem... Yeah, I think so. I think so. And I sure hope they're timeless. I mean, I've banked my entire business on it. So (laughs) (laughs) if it's not timeless, I mean, you know. Right. Well, you know, worst case scenario becomes retro. Yeah. Yeah. And I hear that. I hear a lot too that I, you know, this is pieces my grandmother would have. And I always, and I I do, I take that as a huge compliment. Right? No, it is. Your grandmother would have this. Wonderful. Wonderful. You know, it's, I, I, I agree. We carry a, a particular line called Crafts and Associates. Mm-hmm. Do you recall or are you familiar? I remember seeing that, yep. Yeah, so Crafts and Associates was one of the original uh, uh, pioneers of mid-century modern. And they went uh, belly up back in, I think, the 80s, um, you know, as, as, well, things sometimes And it wasn't happen. popular. But there are a couple of guys down in North Carolina who went in and they bought the entire Crafts and Associates uh, line. They bought the name. They bought the designs. I think they bought the facility mm. that the stuff was made in, and it's all hand done. And you sit in it now, and and you take a look at it, and it is breathtakingly gorgeous. It is comfortable, and you know a lot of bad mid-century modern is uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is fabulous. I mean, the Eames chair is quintessential, mm-hmm. right? And these chairs are as well. So I think you're hopping on the right bandwagon. Yeah, and uh, chairs will be sometime down the line for me. It's just one of those things I've not yet been able to Quite. have the time for, you know? Yeah, yeah. Honestly. It's true. Yeah. What's your favorite piece to make? 
Oh, my favorite piece to make is my media console, I think. Um, and it's not the process. It's just the look of it just always makes me happy. Um, I, I've said recently that I like, I like to build things that please me. Mm-hmm. And, and that's one that pleases me. Uh, it's got... <laughs> hell with the consumer. It's, 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 yeah. And, you know, if, if, they, if they aren't pleased by it, I, I guess, again, I'm, I'm banking on the wrong thing. Or they'll just go elsewhere yeah. and the right people yeah. will find their way that's to right. you. But it's got a, it's, it's a standard console cabinet type low, low unit. Great for media, which is why I call it the media console. And it's uh, two sets of sliding doors. One set has see-through slats that are horizontal. One set has see-through slats that are vertical. And they and come together, and it creates, if you, if you um, nest them one in front of the other, you end up with an old, like a grill cloth cover to an old retro stereo uh-huh. is what it looks like. It is fabulous. And Again, it just brings me joy. <laughs> Good for you. How long do you, does it take to make a piece like that? You know, that's a, that's a good question. It's not as long as one would think, um, okay. now that I've got a system down. See, that's um, the wrong answer. You should say I toil for hours. But I'll tell you what I toil for hours is in perfecting it, or my version of perfecting it. Um, find, getting the design to where it is now. And, you know, the, 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 you know, you've probably heard the old, there's the story of Picasso sitting in a bar, and he's, and someone says, draw me something on a napkin, and he draws it, and... He says, see, he spends five minutes. Mm-hmm. And she says, wonderful, can I have it? And he says, yes, that'll be whatever in the time, $100,000. Mm-hmm. She said, but it took you five minutes. And he says, no, the amount of time it took me to be able to do that in five minutes is what you're paying for. Exactly. It took a lifetime. And that's kind of where I'm at. You know, you know I've spent, again, I've only been at it six years, seven years, but almost all of my waking energy has been towards teaching myself and developing my pieces. So while I can put together a cabinet like that in eight, ten hours, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, the amount of time that it took to make it in another sense is seven years. Agreed. Fair enough. It's a very long and rambling answer for you. No, it's, it's, it's a legitimate answer. It really is because, you know, it's like anything else. Once you've mastered a craft, you become proficient. And that means that it's time for you to do chairs. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's so high on my list and always just like two weeks out of reach. <laughs> I understand completely. All right. Fabulous. Well, we should probably take a quick break uh, and, uh, as they say, pay some bills with some sponsors, etc. Mm-hmm. But when we come back, we're going to be talking a little bit about more, uh, more about your pieces. And then, Maria, we're going to be talking a little bit about your real estate practice and we're going to see if we can weave these two things together. But until then, you are listening to Drink in the Style on AM 950 mm-hmm. or Spotify, iTunes, Jimmy Haggerty's Pod Emporium, or God knows what other type of a platform. Ladies and gentlemen, join us uh, back here in just a moment or two. Hold my hand. In other words. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Drink in the Style. I'm your host, Gregory Rich. We are speaking with Justin Hustle and Maria Conway about real estate and furniture, which I guess kind of makes sense. You guys think? I think so. 
Fair. All right. Maria, let's talk a little bit about, uh, about your practice within real estate. Do you specialize in any particular types of houses, uh, any particular uh, areas of the Twin Cities? I specialize mostly in... Oh, I specialize mostly in Eden Prairie. Okay. I live in Eden Prairie, so I know the area very well. I raised my family there. And, um, yeah, but I branch out throughout the Twin Cities, so... It is the key part of being a realtor. Under- you got to know the territory, as somebody once said, correct? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you a question. If you could imagine the dream house that you had to sell, something that was like, oh, my God, I can market the you-know-what out of this thing, what would that house look like? Oh, I would love to be able to um, market a home that's lakefront. And, um, yeah, so... Um, something with a walkout and um, in in Eden Prairie. That mm-hmm. would be nice. <laughs> Ideal. Are walkouts more popular than you know a standard type of of configuration, or you know, is it just your preference? Oh, definitely, definitely. A walkout will give you more value for your home, mm-hmm. and. Um, People, people are always looking for that if they can afford. Yeah, something Which, with the walkout. Fair enough, makes sense. Mm-hmm. And let me ask you this question. Okay, you ready? When you're showing a home, right? What does, assuming it's a couple, what does the husband look at first? And what does the <laughs> wife look at first? Oh, that's that's a good question. Um, I would say the husband is looking at the structure, and. Um, the wife is looking at the kitchen. <laughs> it is the kitchen and the structure. So it's not definitely. So it's not the bathroom because for a while everybody said the wife looked immediately at the bathroom. We're about to put a new closet in our house, a new closet system. So I was kind of hoping you were going to say that everyone's worried about closets right. these days. <laughs> but it's still it's the kitchen is the key. Yeah, definitely. Fair enough. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And again, so you're with Caldwell Banker in the Edina office. Yes. Okay, it's both, uh, 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 and is that, by the way, is that the mothership uh, over on France? Yes. Okay, fabulous. And if someone wants to reach out to you to talk about uh, their, their home, what is your contact info? So you can email me at maria.conway at cbrealty.com. All right, fantastic. And I assume that you do kind of walkthroughs and appraisal, no, not appraisals, but general valuations for folks so if yes, they're curious absolutely how is inventory looking by the way well right now um because of the time of the year there's not a ton of homes out there um but you know it's just that time of the year there's not a ton of buyers but there's still still a seller's market right now is it it's not not as much just because um homes are sitting on the market a little bit longer than they have previously just by which you mean 17 days instead (laughs) of three hours okay as long as you have it priced right the home is going to sell quickly and most likely it would go into multiple offers Mm -hmm. um so into a bidding war but um you know you just have to have it priced at that sweet point and a lot of times people are um, um putting their homes on the market based off of what the homes were selling over the summer Mm mm-hmm 
and the demand is just not there. So then, so they try it for a little bit, and then once they adjust the price, have a price improvement, then 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 it sells quickly. Fair, and that yeah. makes sense. Have you seen prices adjust as a result of the interest rate spikes, or is it still kind of where it was and just not going up as fast? Yeah, I mean, with the with the interest rates as they are, and they are coming down a little bit. So I think they're they're right now they're under six, between five and six, um, and they're predicting that the the interest rates are going to come down a little bit more. Okay. Into next year or really? into this year, I'm sorry. Mm. Um, um, and again, just the time of the year is just. And the truth is that a five to six percent interest rate is still a great rate. It is. I mean, it we've is. been spoiled beyond words mm-hmm. at this absurdity of two and a half percent or God knows what else it is. Right. But still, I mean, you know, back in the day, you'd see you know ten percent, fourteen percent in the eighties. Right. And now is actually a good time to be buying because you know. Um, as it gets into the spring market, the value of the homes are going to continue to go up. Mm-hmm. And even if the interest rates were to come down a little bit, you can always refinance. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. you know, if you wait and the value of the homes continue to go up and the interest rates, um, you know, start to go down, I don't know. It's just um, it's a fine line. It's so, a balance yeah. of... of well, basically, supply, demand, and cost of money. Yeah. Fair enough. And when will the spring market kick off? When do you guys expect that, you know, you strap into this the car and away it goes? Things are going to start getting real busy in March. Uh, March End of February and beginning of March. Oh, fair enough. All right. Well, once again, a fabulous expert in the Eden Prairie market and do stuff everywhere that, that uh, houses are. But uh, generally, you're the person to contact for yeah, that absolutely. zone. Wonderful. All right. Justin? Yes, sir. Looking for a house in Eden Prairie? Not in Eden Prairie, but, uh, you know, my wife's a realtor as well, so nice. I'm sorry. I can't work with you. <laughs> You've uh, lost. It's not you. It's me. You know, at the, at the, I, I was just thinking at the peak of the market, well, last summer or the yeah. summer before, my wife's firm had a, a buyer, the husband worked for a brewery the wife worked for a yoga studio so as part of their offer to be the biggest and the best offer mm-hmm. they said free beer and yoga for life sold to, they oh lost they oh. lost the house really i mean just that's just how crazy the market was free and I thought, beer for life free beer free yoga for life or as long as i suppose the couple the beer worked for those yoga. companies but i mean as a seller wow. uh, I can't speak to how crazy those sellers must have been, but... Dude, that would offset the 2% interest increase for me. No, we're always... always, We we would love to move into, you know, a mid-century home, Mm -hmm. but we bought in 2011 when things uh, were pennies. And so we're like, if we sell now, uh, we'll get exactly what we're in. Yeah. I mean, our house is worth twice as much, but... Still, you'd wind up just on a lateral Just move down the street and have... uh, Moving costs. So it's not really, it's not a sound financial decision, really. And as a furniture uh, maker, you, yes. sir, understand the uh, implications yes. of finances. Yes, yes. All right. You know, we were talking in between segments a little bit about the elevator speech concept. And yes. Kind of how you introduce yourself and, and your line. And I want to give you a chance to actually say that and, and yes. do it. So 
Go ahead. Yes, here is my elevator speech that I've uh, pulled together in bullet points in my on my phone here in the past ten minutes here for you. Done. It's all about preparation. I'm Justin Hossel. I am a self taught, uh, self made furniture maker and designer. Uh, I I make furniture and home goods that I think please the eye, Uh, and I think it, it it. is a balance between furniture and art and home goods and art. Um, I work out of the heart of the Northeast Minneapolis Arts District. In fact, in the first building in the Minneapolis Arts District, the Northeast Minneapolis Arts District, the uh, California building. Everything that I'd make is handmade, designed by me. It's all bespoke in a way. So if you order a piece of furniture from my company, I'm the one making it. I'm the one uh, sending you the invoice, communicating with you through email, it's it, all me. It, it's your sweat. It's your my sweat, my tears. tears, sometimes my blood that I've sanded out. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, true story. You know, it's, it's, it's all mid-century inspired furniture. My tagline simple, clean, modern. It's furniture you'll love to live with now and be proud to hand down later. Damn, we could have made this show like you know, a minute and 30 seconds long. <laughs> we can cut here, Johnson. We <laughs> We're done. <laughs> Wrap it up, Johnson. Wrap it up. Do you do much? Actually, you talk about bespoke. Like, so do you do, if you need a coffee table that is, you know, six inches shorter than your standard? So I would say 80 to 90% of my my collection pieces. Mm-hmm. That's probably for me, that phone call there. We're, uh, selling, <laughs> we're selling furniture on, on yeah, the phone right now. Yeah. Uh, 80 to 90% of my pieces are... 80 to 90, do you want me to hold for this or just keep going? <laughs> I'm sure there's a button to press. How does this work, Johnson? <laughs> this is a quality program. This really. might be related to the so text you got. Um, so 80 to 90% of my pieces are customizable. So if you order a piece that my standard sideboard is 78 inches long, if you want it 8 foot long, that's a story for off the air. I will make it 8 foot long. Uh but it's all customizable. I can really customize pieces down a little bit, um, up a little bit. And I do some custom work. Um, there's actually a piece right now for an interior design firm that I'm doing that's kind of the, the, the designer, the interior designer and the client came to me and said, well, what if we did this? And it's really cool, and it might become part of my collection. That's fantastic, actually. I can't lie you. I hadn't given that that much thought when we were talking. And yeah. obviously, by the way, we should say that if you are interested in a hostel piece, mm-hmm. you can acquire them through Habitation Design. Yes. And uh, we can also talk about the specific customizations and so on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, stop in, ladies and gentlemen. You can check them out on online. And then when you're ready, mm-hmm. come in and uh, Carl, Christina, or I, or whomever, will set you up with that piece. And, you know, my studio is always open by appointment. You can book an appointment at my studio, which has a modest 300-square-foot showroom. Mm-hmm. And I'm at, a, at a, a, a dabbling of the Twin Cities Art Festivals. Which is wonderful. Yeah. yeah. And again, kind of how we got to, yes, to exactly. find you. And it's an unusual thing because, again, furniture is usually not a part of that. Yes. And, you know, when I saw your setup, I mean, I immediately made a beeline right for you and said, <laughs> well, thank this you. is amazing, gorgeous stuff. I'm, try- I'm pulling back on that some, you know, because, uh, as you said, furniture is not typically a part of it. And uh, I'm, you know, I'm in my 40s now. I'm not, uh, I don't love 
hauling furniture every weekend. <laughs> uh, Wait, you're in your 40s? I am. You son of a bitch. How dare you age better than me? I know. Well, I don't know if you've checked our hairlines. <laughs> <laughs> if you notice our beards, yeah. I guess this, we'll trade them This on. isn't a style. <laughs> <laughs> it's a must-do. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, when you're talking about doing the furnishings, though, mm. so... Um, you uh, first of all, how many layers? I meant to ask you earlier when you're talking about doing that. On average, how many layers of the plywood are you using, and how did you get to that number? Um, so I purchase it. I actually purchase it with as, okay as as it is. Yeah, um, I'm not in the veneering or laminating industry, and I fear I would have lost too many brain cells from the toxic fumes. So uh, it's a 13-layer ply, two layers of veneer, so it's 15 layers. I typically use them all. Sometimes I'm using a half inch, and I don't know how many layers that is. Okay. And I should throw in, speaking of toxic fumes, the ply I use... I'm curious to see where this one goes. The plywood I use is uh, urea formaldehyde free, mm. so it's a very high-end plywood. It's eco-friendly. Um, it's made with the highest standard. It's all, it's always good for uh, lead. Cert- it's lead certified. Okay. And I use oils and waxes that are natural for finishes. Um, Key for for the off-gassing that happens in the home for years to come, and also for my brain, which isn't strong to begin with. <laughs> so to keep it, you know. As best I can. Still, it probably saves you on alcohol bills if well, you're inhaling. <laughs> right. And the one other thing we do that um, is really special to me is for every product, and that's every single product, every ornament or piece of furniture, I plant a tree for every product. So Really? So it's a company called One Tree Planted, and mm-hmm. we planted 1,000 trees last year, which was oh, pretty awesome. That's fantastic, actually. Yeah. And that's... That's important on so many different levels. Good for you. Well, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't believe I'm cutting down a tree for every ornament I make. But still, but mm-hmm. we giving, have a lot you know, of trees to make up. <laughs> you know, and, and woodworking it can be a sustainable practice. It it, mm-hmm. it can be regenerative. Agreed. So. Agreed. It's just a matter of will rather yes. than because we have the ways. Yes. So good for you. What type of, so you talk about the finishes that you're doing on mm-hmm. them and things. What types of products do you recommend? Because that's so important in furniture. For fin- for maintenance, you yes. mean? Yes. So usually it's just a damp cloth on it. Um, what I use is I use a three-part oil and uh, solvent mixture to do the initial finishing a tongue oil a linseed oil and then a solvent a citrus solvent mm-hmm. which makes my studio smell wonderfully orangey just like the drinks <laughs> here uh it's always like whoa i was finishing yesterday i noticed a uh, wonderful piquant scent yes. when you walked into yes. the to the office yes. yes perfect well my you know i was doing some finishing earlier today so Were you? uh but uh and over that i use basically it's a furniture wax it's howard's feed and wax it's a product you can get Home Depot, Menards, any of those places. Okay. And so I give a nice wax to that. It gives it a sheen at first, and then it really gets a nice matte finish. And for maintenance, all you have to do is squeeze a little on, wipe it on, wipe it off. And it's just, you know, for and, years and years to come. And it's the way to do it, unquestionably. I true. prefer it so much over a lacquer or a, a varnish because if you scratch it, and not if you scratch it, but when you scratch it, Agreed. all you do is a tiny bit of high grit sandpaper. A little wax, and it's gone. Yeah. Instead of calling up the refinisher, having the whole table redone, 
Yeah. Which you can do with your pieces. I mean, again, it's not a, it's not a veneer that's hiding the structure of the piece. It well, is the structure of the piece. Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh. Oh, wonderful. Exactly. Um, all right. So I asked Maria what her ideal home to sell is. What would your dream piece be if you had mm. the ability to create anything? What would you want? Hmm. You know, I've got a liquor cabinet that I've made. It's, Ooh, it's, now we're talking. Well, you know, I do schedule my uh, my social media posts, and there is one coming out this evening okay. featuring my liquor cabinet since we've uh, been enjoying our, our drinks today. But I really – I would love to create a liquor cabinet or a bar cabinet that – you know the mid-century ones that have all the fancy – you pull this out, you lift this yes. up. Yes. It's so involved. Mm-hmm. It'd be so involved to create and design. But that uh, that's my dream right there is to make. That actually just, does sound fantastic. But minimal. Mm-hmm. Minimal, simple, mm-hmm. clean, modern. And at least one hidden cabinet. And it, uh, at least one. Yeah. Yes. I mean, something that's got like something where you could twist something yeah. and it counts down yes. and something. Where right. you put your, you know, currently illegal items or, you know, whatever. <laughs> I would know nothing about that whatsoever. No, no, no. Are you talking about, like, you know, imported fruit, I assume? Yes. Cuban cigars. <laughs> Those might be legal now. I don't know. Fair enough. I like that idea, though. Put me down for two. Yes, you got it. All right. Outstanding. Um, you know, what else, when you stop and you think about furniture, so you talked a little bit about how you got into it and so on, but what else is meaning for you, meaningful to you on that art or on that furniture line? What When you're finished with a piece... What is the what is the emotion that you feel? Uh, that's an interesting question. I mean, I mean, sometimes the emotion is thank God uh, that was rough. Damn, I wish I still had uh, that finger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, uh, is it one of the sins, pride? But for me, I sure feel proud. Uh, looking back six years ago. Knowing nothing about uh, building furniture, it just brings me such joy to say I took this leap somewhat randomly. I mean, it just kind of happened that I said, okay, I'm going to do this. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly I've got all this space and all these tools. Mm-hmm. But I feel excitement and pride. And, and I hope that the people I talk to about my business and how I started, that mm-hmm. there are – those people out there who say, oh, I've always wanted to do this, and I never did. Mm-hmm. And just to take the leap and, uh, boy, there's a thousand times I could have failed. Mm-hmm. And probably a thousand times I could have succeeded more than I have. Mm-hmm. But the journey just keeps going, and it keeps working enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when I finish a piece and look at it and say, hey, I did that. Right. I did that um, just by kind of buckling down and making a ton of mistakes mm-hmm. a ton of mistakes early on i mean i mentioned the early coffee table <laughs> yeah it went to the dumpster a long time ago yeah which yeah you want to sponge i wish i could sponge away mistakes like that right but uh still so all right so um in terms of 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 making mistakes mm-hmm. first i should probably ask do you have an outlet furniture outlet you know three tables three legs you know there are (laughs) i was like an outlet for mistakes i bash my head into a wall sometimes that's my outlet there are some sale items on my website most of those become uh come from 
uh, home decor pieces that, you know, I, I, I make this set of elephants that are very simply designed, okay. but uh, maybe the veneer got sanded through or mm-hmm. the eye hole got a chip in it. Mm-hmm. So there's, there are some pieces here and there that uh, are a little bit discounted. And okay. certainly during my open studio events uh, that are usually monthly, those are always out and uh, easy to grab. Um, furniture, there's rarely a mistake that can't be fixed or hidden or or featured. Yeah. A gra- again, a great, a great point i mean imperfection is beauty in itself there you know there's a i'm not going to try to tell the story because i don't know it but there's a was a it was a tribe or a, a group of people or a culture where when they would create something they would do something that was a mistake gosh i wish i knew i wish i could speak articulately about it but i'm oh. just going to butcher it but they would put something in it they would scratch through it, yes, as part of it to say all of it has imperfection, and there it is. Isn't isn't there a isn't it the Japanese thing too, where if like a vase breaks, they will put it back together using like gold on the cracks, yeah, and then it becomes more valuable yeah. than the original. And you know, each piece of mine is unique in that sense that it's may have an imperfection here or there, and especially working with ply, which is very easy. With the veneer to have tiny scratches in, it's part mm-hmm. of what it is, and mm-hmm. I think it's part of what makes it kind of special and unique. I agree. It also reduces the feeling of, of uh, uh, um, I ruined a piece of furniture when you do yeah. scratch it. It's, yeah. it's pre-marred. Mm-hmm. I always buy my cars a couple years old, and I don't mind having a few dings because <laughs> you know what? Now I'm not going to worry when I find a new one in there. I just don't want to be that first person who dings it. I knew someone who would put a scratch in their car as soon as they bought a brand new one. Seriously. I don't remember who they are, but I know that I knew them. There's some kind of (laughs) – there's wisdom in that. There really, really is. All right. So incidentally, and as we're running out of time, of course, uh, you mentioned social media. Mm -hmm. You have an Instagram account uh, that you reference. What is that account? So I'm on Instagram and Facebook at Hustle Woodworks. So it's H-O-S-S as in Sam, L-E, woodworks.com. So like hassle, but with an O. But Fair. I, but I am no hassle. Oh. Have that be known. You're a little it's bit of a pain in the ass, but in general, I think no. you're top notch. Yeah, you know, my wife would say the same. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> Fair she enough. might just stick with the first half. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. We have drunk our way through yet another episode of Drink in the Style. I would like to thank Maria uh, tremendously for mixing these fantastic cocktails because mm, these really were good. Maria, thank you. And on behalf of Justin Hassel, who is, of course, no hassle. Oh, God, I actually yeah. kind of regret saying that. Yeah. I, I can't lie. No, <laughs> Nevertheless, ship has sailed. I would like to wish everybody good luck this coming week. And I have a fun quote that actually was sent to me by a friend of mine. Quick shout out to Zach White. The fact that I cannot explode into thousands of bats to escape awkward social situations is a constant source of irritation. <laughs> Good luck, everybody.